Welcome to Late Night Talks with Amy Jo, a place where you're going to find inspiration, wisdom, and healing. A podcast for men. Hello, guys. Welcome to another episode of Late Night Talks with Amy Jo. <laughs> What's happening, guys? Super happy to be back here in this space with all of you. As you all know, most of you that follow me and have been listening for a while, you know I had my dear friend Mary here, so that's why these past episodes have been a day late. And I felt really bad about that, but at the same time, what's really important is those that we love and care about, and I really wanted to put that time in with her, so that's what I did. But we had such an amazing time. We got to listen to some music, we got to dance, and it was just incredible. You know, you know, I've talked about this in the past, how amazing dancing is. And I wish you guys, because I saw them, you know, you see the guys kind of gathering around and they just want to dance, but they feel a little bit like weird about it. or They feel like they might not know what they're doing. And not all guys. I mean, there's some great dancers. And even if you're, you're not, you're still a great dancer because you're getting the the confidence to get out there and move right you just move that body and it's so therapeutic it's amazing so yes but now things are back to normal mary is going to be coming back sometime in september but i'm going to keep things as normal as possible for you guys and yeah i just want to i would just want to say i hope that you're all safe and I hope that you're all healthy because I know that right now the world is a bit chaotic and there's a lot of uncertainty right now. And I really do pray for the entire planet. You know, I, I found some information recently which I was kind of like wowed about. I heard it from Elon Musk. And maybe some of you guys have, you know, already heard this or whatnot, but if you find different information, please let me know because I looked it up and it said it was true. But he was talking about something and he mentioned that with all the people on the earth, we could all fit in New York City on one floor. So 7.8 billion people can all fit like sardines. You know, we would be all crammed together, be able to fit in New York City alone. Now, just imagine that, you know, when I, when I read that and I saw that, when I looked it up, I imagined this globe and that little tiny space of New York City on that map. And I was like, wow, we could all fit in that little space. But then I was looking at all the space of planet Earth, but how much damage we have done to this earth and I just you know it makes me sad to see what's taking place in the oceans and just in so many different areas and I just want to remind you guys to just be if you could I'm not telling you what to do 
but to try and be more mindful of how we can give back and make it easier for Mother Earth. I see her as a body, right? She gives us so much and this globe is her body. This, this Earth is the body that we're living on. And I was thinking about how, you know how we all have microscopic little bugs on us. We can't see them, but they're there. I feel like this earth, we are like the bugs of Mother Earth. And we do good, but we can also do a lot of damage too. So it's kind of weird that I thought about that, but... I don't know, she just gives so much to us and I feel like we just totally take advantage of her and aren't considerate. You know, you you drive on the streets and you see so much garbage. People just throw their garbage right out the window and it's just trash and there's just no consideration and we are here, like I said, on her body and we have to try and have a little bit more respect for her too so sorry (laughs) I'm a little strange all right let's just get into tonight's topic (laughs) which is going to be about trauma bonds now these bonds are bonds that can be created by both men and women and I chose this topic because I actually have two male friends personally that are in this type of situation at the very moment So I thought there might be some males out there that may also be able to relate to this topic. Now, you could be in a relationship right now where you feel stuck and you feel like you can't leave, or you may have been separated from this person for years, but you still feel like obsessed and you feel like you can't stop thinking about them. You'll understand why that is once we cover what a trauma bond is, how it's created, why it takes place, and I'm going to share some successful ways on how to break free from such a strong bond. Now, there's two types of bonds. There's the healthy and the unhealthy, obviously, right? Bonding is a biological process which allows two people to develop this strong emotional connection with each other through positive experiences. That's a healthy relationship, inspiring and helping each other grow. And then there's the opposite, the toxic bond through negative experiences. And I also just wanted to share that I feel that this is why it's very hard for a lot of people that get involved with married men or married women. You create this type of bond in an affair. So it's very hard to break free from this as well because you're getting that little bit of love and then it's pulled away a little bit of love and then it's pulled away and that is intermittent reinforcement which we will also talk about but this is very similar to to trauma bonding and how that bond is created between two people according to the medical news today a trauma bond is defined as a psychological response to abuse so it often occurs when the abused person will form this unhealthy bond with the person who abuses them. The person experiencing abuse may 
develops sympathy for the abusive person, which becomes reinforced by cycles of abuse followed by remorse. This is a relationship where there is very much of a power imbalance and intermittent abuse. This is very similar to the Stockholm Syndrome. If you guys don't know what that is, this is when hostages develop a psychological bond with their captors during captivity. And it's so crazy to think that, but they do. And this is a type of trauma bond. It's a manipulation tactic that these type of people use, this intermittent reinforcement to addict the, the, let's say, victim. So as humans, we form these attachments as a means of survival. Babies say we become very attached to our parents or our caregivers because we depend on them, right? And as adults, we form these attachments to others for comfort and support. So I know I shared a bit about narcissists in the past, and this is a personality type that will use manipulation just about 100% of the time as an attempt to take away someone's free will and replace it with their own, say, selfish desires or twisted motives. They, most of the time, will always use intermittent reinforcement. It's not just those with narcissism, though. It's others as well. It comes with those who are also maybe emotionally immature. They may not even be consciously aware of intermittent reinforcement, but this is what they do because it works for them, because of their disposition and the disordered personality that leads them naturally to this type of behavior. Other reasons why some may fall into this type of behavior may be because of alcohol or substance abuse neurological conditioning that's impacting behavior disorder of characters such as maybe an antisocial personality disorder or a borderline personality disorder. These type of people can suffer from a maladaptive possessive thinking pattern. This leads them to this objectification and dehumanization of others. And they either never learned or chose not to take responsibility of their own life. This leads them to a lack of having rational skills for healthy interactions and, and having that lack of empathy. So let me explain to you what intermittent reinforcement is. Boris Frederick Skinner, commonly known as B.F. Skinner, was an American psychologist and professor of psychology at Harvard University. He discovered behavior is often influenced by rewards and punishment. So he did a study with rats, and they would place these poor little rats in boxes called Skinner boxes. And the boxes had one lever in them. And as the rat would push the lever, out would drop a pellet. So every time it pushed it, a pellet would come out. Now they wanted to try to see what would happen if they took the pellets away. The rat would push that lever enough times, realizing his treat was never going to come, it gets disinterested and moves on to something else. So then they decided to try some something more unpredictable because what they were receiving before was a more continuous reinforcement. It was predictable for them. So when they switched it up, giving pellets sometimes but not always, they were very surprised to see that the rat became anxiously obsessed with this lever. So much so that it stops taking care of itself and it ends up deteriorating, which is really sad, but it's, it becomes an addiction. And this is also what happens to humans. 
These studies show how reinforcement and punishment modify our behavior because it becomes an addiction in relationships. In relationships, they give a little bit and then they punish you, maybe with silent treatment. Or they give you a little bit of love and they pull back and ignore you. They give you a little bit. So many feel stuck and unable to leave this type of toxic relationship and intermittent reinforcement is linked to the reward circuit of the brain that is associated with addiction. The unpredictability of the abuse cycle is what causes one to become so addicted to their partner. This is why some can begin to confuse abusive behavior for love. It happens so often. We aren't drawn to a type of person or partner like this because we're meant to be together with them, but because both parties are very wounded in a specific way. It is often motivated by a genuine attraction in the beginning, but soon after, the victim will be discarded. These type of relationships are so strong because of the intensity of that love bombing stage in the beginning and the excitement followed by moments of abuse, neglect, and mistreatment. And this is how it all begins. And this is how we get so bonded. This can also happen not only in just relationships, but also with family members, colleagues, and even friends. It can become extremely obsessive, this type of dynamic, and very self-destructive as well, to the point where you have suicidal thoughts. The most manipulative power is intermittent reinforcement, that unpredictable random rewards in response to repeated behavior. And I highly recommend that you never use this because when you do, you are messing with another person's life and that will fall back on you. The more infrequently these crumbs of love are offered, the more hooked you get, right? It becomes a conditioned behavior. And I know some of you may not be able to understand the process until you've been involved with this, but it's a very messed up situation, but it really does happen. I've had it happen to me. So several ingredients can contribute to someone's addiction to their abuser. These include the oxytocin, where it's the bonding, the endogenous opioids. I don't think I'm saying that right, but that's pleasure, pain, withdrawal, and dependence. The corticotropin, this is releasing factor, the withdrawal and stress, and then the dopamine, that craving, seeking, and wanting. These are all very powerful hormones that weave this web into an abusive relationship. The strong neurochemistry in dysregulated states make it extremely difficult to manage emotions or to make logical decisions. And this is what can seal a victim to a grim future of a malignant partner. As a form of cognitive dissonance, we may persuade ourselves that there is no conflict, right? Or that the person loves us regardless of them treating us poorly or abusing us. And when I talk about abuse, a lot of, a lot of times it is psychological abuse, but it can be uh, all abuse. The inconsistency between what people believe and how they behave is what motivates individuals to engage in actions that will help minimize the feelings of discomfort. So cognitive dissonance is 
when we have mental discomfort. This results from having these two conflicting beliefs, values, or attitudes. Trauma bonding can also happen in domestic abuse, child abuse, incest, maybe elder abuse, human trafficking, even cults. Any situation that involves one person abusing another. The person in the higher power position, which is the abuser, develops this inflated sense of their own power, which masks the extent of which they become dependent on the lower power person, that victim, to maintain their feeling of omnipotence. So I wanted to share some of the signs that you may be in a trauma bond to look for. Some things to look for, red flags, is the relationship moves at an accelerated pace. Promises are never met. You may not be able to trust the person, but you maybe can't find a way to leave either. You may get physically ill when you try to leave, like you feel like you're going to die or it's gonna destroy you. You feel very, very close, even though you haven't known each other long. You don't like the abuse, but you crave that affection and get stuck. That's when the intermittent reinforcement takes place. You obsess about this person that hurt you. Even, like I said, it could have been a long ago, but you're still obsessing over them. You may ignore the red flags. You know that this person is destructive and they abuse you, but you still focus only on the good of them. You may feel protective of this person because say of their difficult past or their childhood. You find yourself caring for them despite the abusive behavior. You'll do anything to please them and are unconditionally loyal to these people while getting nothing back but heartache. They tell you what you want to hear, maybe that they've changed or that they love you and they don't want it to happen again just to resolve the issues temporarily, but that's only to regain control. It may be driven to the point of, like I said, self-destruction and often harbor thoughts of self-harm. There's stages that takes place in a trauma bond. The first stage is that love bombing where they shower you with compliments, love, appreciation, and this is in order to gain your affection. Then there's trust and dependency. They'll do anything to gain your trust and to make you depend on them in some way, heavily, maybe for love or validation. Then will come the criticism. They will gradually start criticizing and blaming you for things. They will gaslight or give you the silent treatment to punish you or not even that, but to make you doubt your own perceptions. They manipulate you to believe their narrative, control, you may feel like you're going crazy. You don't know what's going on. You don't know what to believe. They do this so that you'll break and give in to do things their way. Oftentimes, you'll lose yourself. You'll often settle for anything just to please that person or find peace within the relationship. And you really lose your self-worth and confidence in that process. And then there's the addiction. You get addicted to the highs and the lows. The body is on a constant cortisol high, that stress, and then it craves the dopamine, which is the pleasure. And this creates a cycle of dependency that feels like a drug addiction, literally. 
So this is by far one of the hardest things to release from. And it feels like something, you know, that you're losing something extremely valuable to you. And it's going to cause a lot of pain and it hurts like hell. And I know for some of the listeners out there, this might not make sense to you. Because until you're in something, until you're involved in an experience, it's very hard to understand because it's unfamiliar to you. And it's, it's very hard, I'm sure, for, for those of you out there to think that you would get addicted to someone that abuses you. But it very much happens a lot. And when you are just, they call it breadcrumbs, they give you a little bit and they, you know, pull away, you do get addicted to that dynamic strangely you do it's just the human conditioning of how we are and like like I shared it's it's the brain you know the the chemicals in the brain so I just want to also say that the trauma bonds are rarely if ever transform into healthy relationships very 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 rarely so how do we break away from this type of bondage and I'll be completely honest with you this process can take years. And for some of you, it may never go away. Therapy is often needed. It depends on every individual. We're all different. But a lot of times, therapy is needed. And the crazy thing about it is these type of trauma bonds can cause PTSD in people. And this is how serious it is. And it can cause someone to end their life. It's really no joke. And it can break an individual down to absolutely nothing. But with anything, when you pull your energy back and you regain your own power, that's when you win. Things that you can do is start writing a list of all the things that you're never going to accept in your future relationships or from your friendships, or from your family members. Commit to live in reality. So often we want to fantasize about what could be or will be. And with doing that, like, we're not in Disneyland anymore, right? We are not in Disneyland anymore. You wear the rose-colored glasses. You got to erase that illusion from your mind and truly live in truth in the reality of the situation. Remember how you felt in that relationship, how unloved you felt. And think of all that you gave up, your self-worth and your self-respect. It's about finding yourself again. Who are you? And experiment with these different things. And every time you see their face in your mind, Put your face there instead to remind yourself that I need to concentrate on myself. But during this process, understand that they are wounded, just like you are, in different ways. And find forgiveness for them and find forgiveness for yourself. And we really need to find self-compassion. Look at them as someone who came into your life to teach you a lesson. 
And maybe it is to regain your confidence or maybe it is to help you find yourself. Like I always say, these tower moments come into our life for a reason. People come into our life for a reason to teach us something. Another thing is write down what you are losing in reality. What do you miss? How do you feel? Are you losing a dream, an illusion, a fantasy? So this person may have come in and you trusted that they were there to fulfill some maybe deep unmet need of yours. So ask yourself, what is that need? What makes you feel empty? What makes you feel empty without them? And identify that and construct ways to heal and fulfill this on your own. Understand that this is an obsession of the brain. Okay, but just feel your way through the process. Grieve the process, the experience. No more waiting, wishing, or hoping. Because when you do this, you're energetically blocking incredible things from coming and entering your life. And if you have the urge to reach out to this person, if you're away from them, find a way to reach out to yourself instead. Go to the mirror and see your face and work on you now. Pray for them that they find their own healing path. And I know that's really hard for someone to do, but this process is what will bring you the greatest peace. Peace in your heart and a new energy to expand into a higher frequency. And with a higher frequency, life just begins to get more beautiful. To let go and find that forgiveness and wish them well. Believe me, I know it hurts. I lived this. And many of you probably have or maybe are in the middle of it. But I want to just say life is short and it's time to rise and become the best version of yourself. And remember, what's meant for you will never miss you. It will come. So just do you. But if you're really struggling, therapy is probably necessary. All right, guys, I am signing off now. I want to thank you for listening. I will be back again soon. And I'm sending out so much love.